0: Amen. Would you pray with me? gracious God, we thank you for this time this morning. And Lord, as we approach your scripture, Lord, that we ask that you would put me behind the cross, that your words and your thoughts would be mine. And Lord, if I misspeak today, forgive me and let your message be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you want to go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 where we're going to be again this morning. we got this week and next week of Matthew 5, and then we're out. So at any given time, in any given place, we can encounter someone who is less fortunate than we are. Someone that has it worse than we do. I think of the countless homeless neighbors that we, that we have around us. The people who don't have a place to go. I think of the food pantry that we host and the people that line up for a couple of hours to get through it. I think of the special needs community that I love to to hang out with and to serve. I think about those folks. I think about the families who barely get by, just struggling to survive, who depend on assistance, and because of a flawed system, they can't always find a way to break that cycle and get out of it. I think of people who need gas to get to work and they put their last three dollars in the tank just so that they can make it. (coughs) Folks, I, I don't really know anything about hardship. I don't. Then you take time to think about those who are persecuted. That's a whole nother level, right? People who, who who can't pray or worship without fear of imprisonment or beatings, or even death. They don't have the freedom to believe what they want to believe. And like I mentioned to the kid, like I like I was going to mention to the kids if they had been here. You know, we're we're so blessed to live in a place where we can worship and pray anytime and any place that we want to. It, it's a blessing that we take for granted. You know, we have that freedom, and we just often choose not to. And like hardship, I don't really know anything of being persecuted. Our sermon text is Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, Blessed are you, and people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. So we're looking at Matthew 5.10 this week. Blessed are those who are persecuted. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we're getting so close to the end of these beatitudes. And I've, I've needed this reminder of the blessings that come from living as Christ has called us to live. Uh, great blessings from good attitudes, right? Blessed are the persecuted. So what do any of us know about real hardship? I mean, I don't know your whole story, right? So I don't know. You may know of some great hardship. You, know, you may know of some terrible times. Uh, what do we understand of sacrifice, right? What do we understand of suffering? What, what, if, what if persecution came to our church? What, what if it came here or to America as the other countries have experienced? Jesus warned Christians that following him was not going to be popular. You're, you're not going to win a popularity contest if you're in the Jesus crowd, right? It's what he told everybody. And then in most circumstances, it would mean persecution. What if persecution were to come to us personally and directly? The early Christians were persecuted horribly, right? They were thrown to the lions. They were wrapped in pitch and burned. They were sewed in animal skins and torn to death by dogs. They were tortured on racks. They were burned to death by molten iron being poured over them. Body parts were cut off and roasted in front of them. And many other horrific acts of torture. These are things, this is what the persecuted church had to deal with. Those called to bring peace will discover that the cost was often persecution and death. Persecution is real. Blessed are the persecuted. So these beatitudes there are qualities or characteristics that should be more and more evident in our lives as we continue to follow Jesus Christ. And as we grow closer to Him, we, we bring ourselves the attitude of Jesus, right? The Beatitudes are all about seeing things from God's point of view instead of seeing them from our perspective, from the world's perspective. And the way Jesus spoke then continues to make us pause and think intentionally about what did He mean? What did He mean by that? Jesus said that God blesses those who are persecuted or mistreated for doing right. People that are harassed or mistreated or abused simply because they follow Jesus. Because of their faith in God. And that's the important part of what Jesus is saying here. 2 Timothy 3 verse 12 says, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You can also say that anyone who imitates Jesus, who lives as Jesus lived, will be harassed or insulted or mistreated or abused. John fifteen eighteen and 19 says, If the world hates you, be aware that it hated me before it hated you. If you belong to the world, the world would love you as its own because you do not belong to the world. That's the key. But I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You will face persecution as followers of Jesus in some form or fashion in your lifetime. Because it's a world that doesn't follow Jesus. For that reason alone, people will make fun of you. They will insult you. They will harass you. They will mistreat you. (coughs) Maybe we're called holy rollers. Better than thou. You can't live like the world and live like Jesus at the same time. There's the key to this. Studies show that for most Christians, their faith in God has very little impact on how they live. They watch the same movies and same TV shows as non-Christians do. They listen to the same music. They dress the same. They talk the same. Pursue the same things in life. The divorce rate for Christians is the same as non-Christians. Maybe a little higher. Christian kids cheat in school, lie to their parents... Drink, do drugs, sin. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Paul is saying that we are to live different from the world because God expects different from the world. God expects us to follow and, 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 and live according to the benchmark that Jesus gives us, not the benchmark that society gives us. The reason that many of us will never face much persecution is because we don't really follow Jesus to the letter, right? To a T. Is there any evidence in your life that you are changing to become more like Jesus? If you didn't tell your friends that you went to church, would they know? How do you act on Monday mornings or Wednesday mornings or Friday mornings? How about Friday and Saturday night? Would your friends know that you were a Christian by the way that you act? There's a Christian bumper sticker that says, If you were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? There are people that say, I don't care what you do to me, but I will not turn my back on Jesus. We usually read about it in some foreign country where they've arrested a, uh, a pastor or something or, or a kid and they throw them in jail. And, you know, we have these things about bringing, I don't know a name, Father Mulcahy home or whatever, Right. We see numerous incidents of church-related violence even today in America, though. Remember remember Columbine? Everybody remembers Columbine. Cassie Bernal was asked, do you believe in God? And when she said yes, she was killed. Rachel Scott, another young lady, for her faith was also killed. Where the opposition to And the persecution for Christianity is heading. That's anybody's guess. People in other countries are dying instead of rejecting Jesus. And in our country, many just won't admit following Him. And it's not because they're afraid that they're going to have to have their house burned down or acid thrown in their face or their families murdered. They're worried about what people think. What do people think about me? I don't want to mention Jesus because then I become one of them. One of the ones that people don't want to be around. Ones that don't fit in. Ones that they make fun of. Ones that they alienate. Blessed are the persecuted. First, we are blessed if we suffer because of our faith in Jesus. Jesus said that we should be happy about facing persecution because there is great reward in heaven for us. Matthew 10, Jesus said, People will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end... Will be saved. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly on earth, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Folks, if you're being persecuted today, you're doing something right. As Christians, we should accept, accept and expect some opposition and ridicule because it's not popular to live like Jesus lived. It's not possible to say no to the, some of the funner things of life because they're not wholesome and they're not good and they're not biblical. In that old WWJD, what would Jesus do? It sounds so cliche and so simple, but it's so spot on. We can align ourselves to the benchmark of Jesus by just thinking, what would He do? What would He do? You know, you should expect us to, to offend people if you live like Jesus, because Jesus did, right? So much, in fact, they wanted him killed. We're going to be talking about that in the next couple of weeks, about how they wanted Jesus dead because of the things that he said and the things that he did, the ideas that he shared. He might even lose some friends. But at the same time, we can look forward to God's blessings and rewards as a result of being faithful, no matter how hard it gets to follow Christ. And no matter what you go through, it's worth it in the end. It's all worth it in the end. Stay strong and follow Jesus. And remember, remember, the Bible says that everyone who lives godly is going to be rewarded. There are many who are afflicted and agonizing, living in anguish, besieged, cursed, plagued, tormented, and tortured. Most won't face a persecution in in general terms, but if we look at some of these folks, we can see and agree that something is working against them. If we live a life of Christ, there is praise. Even in the midst of struggles and hardship and persecution, there is praise and there are rewards. Blessed are the persecuted. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. amen.